Welcome to the Inside the Junior Rain podcast. I'm your host, Ben Frank, and each and every week we give you an inside look on what goes on behind the scenes of a USA Hockey model association, the Junior Rain. We believe in learning, we believe in age-appropriate, long-term athletic development, and we believe we have the responsibility to harness the power of youth sports to create better athletes, better people, closer families, and a better world. Thank you for joining us, and together we can make youth hockey a life-changing experience. Okay, we are live for episode number 16 of Inside the Junior Reign, where we give you a behind-the-scenes look on what goes into us delivering our mission of making youth hockey a life-changing experience. Uh, my name is Ben Frank, the club president. With me I have, as always, our chief of hockey operations, Paul Esdale. And as always, I'm going to make sure that we are uh, not sideways and that we are have volume here. We do. Okay. Uh, the other thing I'm going to do is uh, have my phone here so I can see comments or questions that come in. Um, whether you're watching live or via the replay, we really appreciate you giving us a comment that you're watching, even just a thumbs up or a hey guys. Uh, and please feel free to put your comments and questions in. We'll try to answer them live as we go through the show. And if we miss any, um, or if you're watching via the replay, we'll come back and make sure we get uh, your questions answered or your comments addressed uh, between shows. So um, welcome again. Uh, as uh, Also, if you could give us a like and a share, we really appreciate that spreading the message and spreading the show. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing, I titled the show, Embrace the Process. And uh, we're going to be discussing how parents and coaches and teammates even can help or hurt uh, the kids' development and motivation and plan based on how we, the language we use, uh, how we praise or punish, uh, and the types of things we talk to the kids about. Um, so, uh, Paul, where is the best place to start? Big topic, deep talking, where do you think the best place to start today is? Well, I think the, the platform of youth sports we talk about a lot, is there's so many uh, variables, there's so much adversity that we go through and these are put in the forefront every time you step on the ice, every time you walk in the rink in the dressing room, uh, every time you're dealing with a, another opponent or a coach or a teammate. There's all these little what we call life lessons, right, that go into the game. Um, so I think the big one that really exposes a lot of things is winning and losing, right? Because those are winning can be really exhilarating and losing can be really demoralizing. Yeah. Or should it be? That's the question, right? And I don't necessarily think winning should be you know, you're, you think you're the best player in the world or yeah. losing, you think you're the worst player in the world. And I think that sometimes that society uh, creates that, that entertainment culture says you're a winner or you're a loser yeah. and that's it. And I think that's when we start to talk about that process uh, and then taking a step back and, and really building that up to what those really mean. So I think, so the first thing I think that dress to identify is we, we talk about um, our, our role, we always come back to what our roles with the kids are, what the goals of the kids long term is, and then how do we, how do we, how do we evaluate, how do we measure it, uh, which, which, is gonna, which is gonna direct uh, you know, how we act along the, along the phase of that, those goals with, with the kids. So the, 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 one of the biggest challenges with youth sports uh, compared to a lot of other things in life is the, the outcomes are very uh, apparent. There's a big scoreboard, there's a standings and a win-loss record. Um, but they don't always tell the whole story, right? In a, in a professional sports, you know, there's still there's still some there's a lot of process goals there sure. too. But at, but at the end of the day, if you're a fan or whatever it is, you want to win the championship or you want to win the game and those types of things. With the, with 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 youth sports, 
there's a lot of things that are outside of our control and there's a long-term process of what we want to achieve here. So the, one of the biggest challenges with all these different people involved, right, with kids, kids that are learning, learning sports and learning to play the game, there's coaches, there's parents, there's other teams, there's all these things. And the easiest, and for and some the people all have different levels of experience with the game and maybe even different goals and things, yeah. right? And, and, and then there's this big scoreboard and then there's the standings. And so how do we, how do we know, even if you're a new parent, you're just trying to be positive and things, how do you evaluate whether you're having success or you're not having success? And it's amazing how much, based on where your emphasis goes, how much that can actually impact the kid's experience and their growth. Right, yeah, those are a lot of deep stuff there, I think, and I'm just starting to think a little more about winning and losing and stuff, and, and, and at the higher levels, and I know when I coached junior hockey, like 90 to 95% of if you're going to win or not was done by the recruiting. Yeah. Right. And right. I think and, we, and looking back in, in our journey here with with the Wildcats now that obviously the junior reign was we made a decision when we moved out to Riverside to align with USA Hockey, align with the Positive Coaching Alliance, uh, uh, change our staff structure and create our three pillars. We realized that it can't just be about recruiting nine and 10 year olds or, you know, 12, 13, 15 year olds. And is that really what's best for even us personally? Yeah. Does that satisfy our mission of what we really want to do in a bigger picture of giving back to the game, right? So if you think about it that way, you know, most of the time at youth hockey levels, if you have, you know, the the better the the best players on the team, yeah. they're going to win the hockey game, right? Yeah. On the scoreboard, if you have more skilled players and yeah. more strong, are, bigger, stronger, faster players, they're going to win the game on the scoreboard, ninety percent of the time, right? Yeah. And some guys, and you'll see at different clubs and different coaches will manipulate that, and they'll maybe only have five or six of the top players on a team, but they play the whole game, they win the Squirt B Championship, uh, they're awarded this you know, coach of the year kind of thing, right? And they, everyone thinks they're these great coaches, and then it slowly catches up to them, right? You see people leaving, not happy because their kid wasn't playing, then they recruit another bunch in. I've heard stories of, of clubs you know, bringing in kids from different states mm -hmm. just to play on this one team so they can try to win the championship that year when they have local kids that could be on the team that are fairly similar level, maybe a little bit lower, that get cut because of that reason, because you know we're professionalizing new sports now when we're doing that. So I think understanding the process that there's variables in hockey games, winning and losing, there's you know level of play, understanding the obviously age appropriate and the ages of kids. Um, Goaltending is a big factor in wins and losses, right? Um, so I think, I think it, taking a step back and understanding that process that everyone's at a different level, right? There's gonna be different um, depths of teams, right? And if you are gonna play everyone, which I'm telling you right now, in youth hockey, everyone should be playing, yeah. right? That's just a fact. I think even at the junior hockey level, everyone should be playing. Yeah. Sure, there's different uh, rewards and consequences when you're an older age group and you have to earn ice time and power play time and special teams once you get to the older age. But at the youth level, these kids gotta be playing. And if they're not playing, they're gonna be out of the game, right? So I think that's critical that we play the players. We play them, they all get to play. And I see that all over the country nowadays where, you know, these 10 year old kids are not playing yeah. and it really, you know, that really bothers me because I just know that's not right. And I know long term that's not right because that kid sitting on the end of the bench could be the next best player in four or five years. And we may never know that because he gets to 12 and 13 and quits the game. And that's the responsibility on the coaches, right? That's my responsibility. That's our responsibility. And one of the one of the reasons why every every kid matters, right? Every kid 
into a coach and a program needs to matter. Yeah. And be, number one, because that's our role yeah. and that's our job to, to make sure we, we help every kid achieve their full, full potential and have a good sports experience. And number two, we also, again, we don't know who's going who's gonna to have the opportunity to pursue the game to, high, to the highest levels. And we owe it to every player to pursue that. But one thing I want this, we have some comments coming in here. I think, oh, hey, Grant's watching us. Um, hi, Grant. Um, one thing I want to be clear on the show, too, is We've, there's been a lot of discussion around you know winning and losing, and there's you know there's trophies and outcomes and things in youth sports, and sometimes it can be a bit of a buzz a buzz thing, right? We talk about what's most important, but let's I want to make sure we spend some time on really uh, helping to shed some specific light on okay, so what what do we measure then, and how do we go about this? Sure. If if the scoreboard and the standings don't tell the whole story, for example, maybe you have a team that's all in their second year of an age group. And they win all the games. Does that mean they had a great season and they developed well? Maybe. Maybe you have a team that's on their that's younger or less experienced and they lose every game all year. Does that mean that the year went bad? Maybe. Like it does. There's all these other things that we can measure that we can actually decide of how what's actually what are we looking at? What are we focus on? And how do we in any situation winning every game, losing every game, and everything in between? How do we actually help the kids evaluate and measure the positive things that are going to help them? Because next year they might be in an opposite situation. Next year they might go from a winning team to a losing team yeah. or vice versa. And how do we do what we need to do to make sure that no matter what the situation is, we're making those positive steps forward. So what are we looking at? What are we measuring? What language are we using? In those yeah, a couple of things that come to mind right away uh, is that, yeah, the scoreboard will tell some of the story. And it, it's not we're not saying it doesn't matter, mm -hmm. but we're just saying that there's other factors involved. And I think the two that just pop out at me for when you're trying to evaluate um, players, players experience in the game is one connection to the game. So meaning, do they like playing hockey? Do they love coming to the rink? And if, if they can go through a season and maybe a losing season and still love the game, then you've done something right in your program. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now, because losing is not easy, right? right? And, and handling that and handling kids and getting the, you know, maybe they know they feel bad about themselves because they're losing, but having perspective on that and getting kids to understand perspective. I think it's so the connection to the game, if kids come to practice and they love going to play hockey, that's number one. If we can make that happen, that's critical. And number two is, is measuring the growth of the player and person. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the player and it's not measuring by, okay, the team standings or, oh, he scored 20 goals this year, he must be getting way better. Well, maybe he played at a lower level than he should have and, and if he played at a higher level, he would have won goal. So does yeah. that mean he got worse? Yeah. So it's, and, and that's, the, it's, that's tricky. Right, it's tricky to measure that, and that's why we talked about that reverse gap, kind of looking back from month to month or year to year on where your kid was and where and where they're gonna where they are now and where we want to get them to, and having those goals, right? I think is important. So that that personal growth as a player and a person is really critical. So one thing that I see, that I hear you saying, Paul, and we talk about this a lot on the show, is that that uh, attachment that to the outcome or to the process, yeah. right? We talk about this a lot too. If you're attached to the outcome. You're a winner when you win, and yes. you're a loser when you lose. And when you score, you're the awesome. And when you don't score, you suck. And right, and so you could be, you could have a, you could have situations that happen based on what team you're on, what age group you're at, how the game goes, whatever it is. And it's this up and down roller coaster. And and it's and you identify yourself, you attach your your own measure of success as a person, as a kid, as a 
uh, as a hockey player to I'm a failure or I'm a successful versus having attachment to the process. I love the game. I love working at it. I love striving. To, again, not that the scoreboard and the goals and the assists aren't important. I love the pursuit of it. I love the pursuit of winning. I love the pursuit of scoring goals. I love everything that goes into that, which you can always, whether you win, lose, tie, or whatever it is, you can, you can always be attached to loving the process of it. You hear the pros talk about LeBron James. I love the process and these types of things. And those are the people that stick with it long term. And, and, and so it's one big area. So maybe Paul talk a little bit about how to, how to help focus on process versus outcome, whether it's goal setting, whether it's the language we use with kids. Well, yeah, it's, it's how, if you're, you know, depending on what your role is, right? And that is, there's different roles in hockey, right? There's parent, there's coach, there's administrator, there, there, there's directors, there's kid, you know, that's all the stuff. So if you're a parent, you know, I think, I think understanding your relationship with your child first. And I think the game can develop and grow that relationship. I know for me, father-son relationship was, was great because of the game. Right, so when my dad walked in the door after a long day of work, I was in my helmet saying, hockey dad, hockey dad, right? Because hockey was a good thing for me. It was a fun thing for me. It was something I loved to do. And it wasn't this thing that was a negative experience, right? Did I have, when I was growing up, did I play on losing teams? 100%, right? I played on teams where I might not have scored a goal all year, right? And we had some winning teams, had some losing teams, all these different teams in the middle. But there was that connection between my dad and I that bonded us together and he, we, he made it a safe environment for me to go back to that and say, hey, this is something I enjoy doing, I love doing, no matter on the outside of what's going on or I've, a, I've had a bad math test or you know, our team got beat 10 to nothing, I can go back here, go down to my basement and shoot pucks and I, I'm connected to that because I love it. It's our thing together, it's my thing. And so I think that's important that, and not everyone's gonna have that feeling, right? But as you see, if, if you make the game fun and all the high level people are talking about it, you know, I just hear Austin Matthews, I make sure I go out there and have fun and work hard and have fun, right? If we all doing that and we teach kids about effort, we teach them about learning, we teach them about bouncing back from mistakes is that elm tree with the PCA. If you just focus on those couple of fundamental things, there's a deep connection to the game and it's gonna, it's gonna pay off down the road for them as, as not just players, but as people. We have a comment here that there's a Jeff that there's a that he's getting a terrible feed. Hopefully that's just Jeff's internet connection. If it's if it's ours, I apologize. Well, hopefully we'll get it better. But Paul, I want to focus on something you said there because this is important for this for coaches or parents that are watching us. What we focus on, maybe our our reward around, what we focus our praise around, what yeah. you like, what you mentioned. So whether that is a coach and the language they use towards the kids and what the, what the goals are for that game, or or the feedback they get coming back to the bench, the cheering in the stands. The, the car ride in the home after this rewarding or praising outcome versus the process and some of the dangers or yeah, there. I think that's a common thing and, I, and I, I watch a lot of hockey games, youth hockey games, professional hockey games and I see it a lot is where you know we're playing, we're playing and there's not much noise in the stands right and guys are making some good plays, some effort plays and sometimes you hear it and that's great, sometimes you don't hear anything right and then when you when you hear cheering most? When someone scores a goal. Yeah. Right and no problem. That's great, right? Sometimes it's a great play. Sometimes it's a it's a bad play by the yeah. other team, right? And we're yeah. still cheering. We think that's all oh, our our team that scored is just doing great because they scored the goal. When we made six plays before that were that were unbelievable efforts and and we dove and blocked shots, all these things, and no one rewarded that fit for that that play, right? So as a coach and as a parent, if we're not rewarding those things, kids will get. Will, will tie themselves to just that result and say, okay, 
I'm gonna get attention and I'm gonna get approval when I only I do this, yeah. when I score the goal, yeah. right? So I have to score the goal, right? And, I, and there's certain situations, and I know this from growing up that, um, you know, I know parents back, you know, looking back, parents were paying players to yeah. score goals, yeah. right? If you score today, you'll get that Sega Genesis game, yeah. whatever it is, right? Yeah. I don't want to date myself yeah. here, but, yeah. uh, or I'll give you five bucks, yeah. right? And just how dangerous that is, because now the focus becomes on, when they're being paid for a result, yeah. right? It's almost like they're now a professional, mm -hmm. right? And and now is that gonna, are they gonna be thinking about teamwork and being a good teammate when they're now their only reward for scoring a goal, yeah, right? right? And, and that's why I say, well, let's, let's, let's reward them for effort. Let's reward them for making an assist. Like that's why, you know, there's, there's no goals without assists, right? Or some sort of play before that, whether you get assists on the scoreboard or not, or the statistics, right? But it's really important that we focus on all those little details. And that's why when you talk about, you know, preparing your team to win, right? And I think you talked about this before with your Squirt B team back in the day in the playoffs. It was like, oh, we gotta win this game, we gotta win. And everything was focused on the win. And what we forgot to focus on was the details on how we win. Because yeah. this is a great question when you ask kids, like, okay guys, what do we wanna do today in the game? Oh, we wanna win. Yeah. And then my next question is, well, how are we gonna do that? Right. What is the process to get there, right? What are those little details, those small things that we have to do to give us an opportunity to win? I think it's, it's, it's all about that because we know we only can control what we can control, right? right? As, as professionals, as athletes, as youth amateur players, there's only certain things we can control. It's a team sport, right? So those are, there's many variables and factors. It's important that we can control what we can control. We know we can control our effort. We know we can control our learning. We know we control how we handle mistakes. So I want, I want to address that even more because so there's, if we really want to make progress and we want the kids to make progress, this is essential, right? The, the, the focus on that process goals versus the outcome goals for a number of reasons, okay? The outcome is the outcome. And we, like you said, there's a lot of things that make us not be able to control that. Focusing on that outcome makes us a success or a failure based on things that are largely outside of our control. But how do we achieve that outcome, right? That's actually how it gets, gets done are the process things. And the process things we can work at, we can succeed at, we can fail at, but we can continually be making progress towards achieving those outcomes that we want. Scoring more goals, winning games, becoming the best player, playing at a high level, all these things that are outcomes that are, that are a determining factor. And we can use those maybe to measure to see some progress, but ultimately what's gonna get us the progress is focusing on that, that process. The things that go into it, the hard work that goes into it, the making the good team plays, the effort goals, and we want, and those things, since they are under, under the control of the athlete and as the team of the players, they can now, they have influence over those things versus the outcome, maybe one defenseman on whatever team, how much impact can they have on the total outcome versus how much impact can they have on achieving these effort goals. Now they can go in and really work at and they can own that process. They can own that success or that failure because they either gave their best and tried their hardest to do this or they didn't. And they can have success yeah. all the time. And I think Ben, you hit on some good points there. I think the outcome can be misleading, Yeah. right? So if you accomplish something, and you just, you know, you do the shortcuts or you score that goal or something, if the process wasn't right, then it's completely misleading. Yeah. And, and, and we're like, we're rewarding people for that, right? In, in every walks of life, right? Where they take all these shortcuts and the reward. And some, some people say, well, that's life. Sure, that's life. But we know for a fact, if they go through this process, there is gonna be growth and they will be better for it, right? Yeah. If they just focus on the result and take a million shortcuts or cheat on a test or whatever that yeah, is right, yeah. and get that result, okay, the reward, oh, they're A student now, everyone thinks they're great, yeah. their parent thinks they're great, smart, 
smart kid, and then they go to the next grade, and okay, they can't cheat this year, something happened, right? right? So it will catch up to them, right? And that's why if you go through the process and the grind, mm -hmm. right? And that's, that's important, right? And you build that grit mm -hmm. as a person, as a player, that will eventually turn for you. Yeah. And that hard work and that going through the effort goals and that grit will pay off. It's a longer process, right? That's why when we're, when we're practicing on the ice, we're practicing age-appropriate curriculum-based, sports science-based uh, for players for their hockey career, right. not just for their 10-year-old season to win the hockey game. And that's why you're not always going to get immediate results or wins or losses yeah. doing it that way because it's a long-term athletic development. It's their whole hockey career, which is a long time. In youth hockey, it's you know from four to 18 years old. Uh, they're probably not hitting their peak till 25, 26. But in that span of from four, five, six years old to 18 years old, we're taking the long-term approach over 10, 12, 13 years when you know, so other systems or other programs are set up where they're taking that six-month approach, that short-term tournament approach where they just coach everything, control everything, systemize everything so we get results right away. And, and great, they're gonna get maybe win a few. The thing is, they're not gonna win a lot more games. They're winning a few more games. Yeah. It's, not by, it's not by like a dramatic amount. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not, right? And sometimes it's so under your control, it doesn't affect anything at all. Yeah. And it actually just hurts players in the long term. And that's why taking a step back, perspective on big picture, the journey, right? You know, they had a hockey, a hockey career is not a sprint, it's a journey, and understanding that is important. One, you mentioned another key point is focusing on the outcome can lead to a win at all costs mm -hmm. culture, right? It's equivalent to, you mentioned a few, the equivalent to your kid in, in elementary school to kindergarten, if the parent does the homework, <laughs> right, for the kid, they can get perfect. Yeah. And they can do that all the way through elementary school. At some point, Right, the kids gonna have to do it on their own, and then what's gonna happen then? Right, as coaches, we can manipulate it and control it. Okay, these two players stand in front of the net. You guys are the slowest skaters. You stand in front of the net and clear everything down as far as you can. This player stand in front of the other team's net the whole time. You're gonna get the goals, right? We can manipulate those. At some point, they're gonna have to decide to play this game on their own and take ownership over their own efforts and things and, and improve with their skill sets and things that they want to play the next level. So if we can teach them those things now, focus on the process. They're gonna make mistakes, they're gonna keep, what are the effort goals versus the outcome goals? Never, not quitting no matter what. You lose the puck, you, you, keep, you keep working at it. And, and that's the rewarding. So we talk about praise a little bit, actual praise. So rather than only when a team gets back to the bench, we high five the kids who score the goal. Hey, great job, we scored a goal, guys. What about the kid that, that lost the puck, yeah. but then got up and hustled all the way back? Maybe the other team still scored, but you yeah. saw them get up and chase the guy down and not quit. Hey, great job, you didn't give up. Yeah. Versus, or a kid that, completely quits yeah. and the puck bounces right to them and they bang it in the net yeah great great goal what are we what are we really rewarding and and and, and praising here right so figuring out what to praise uh the outcome versus process what we're praising praising effort over over outcome things yes. and the other thing we've talked about before is uh the language towards the fixed and the growth mindset we could go probably for hours into all this different stuff but again it's do we are we are we talking to kids about hey, great play, you worked really hard at that, or hey, great play, you're just a natural scorer, or you're just, a, you're so fast, right? Because maybe at that younger age, he's bigger and taller than other yeah. kids. So Paul, talk a little bit about what that language does when we're talking with kids, because it could be, this stuff could be well-meant, right? Like maybe a parent comes up and, and all good intentions, 
man, you're just, you're such an awesome, you're such a good player. Yeah. Like you're the best player. Yeah. And you're trying to encourage, I, they're the best goalie. You're trying to encourage them, but it might not, it, it could actually do damage. And, and I have, and in which I've talked a little bit of this before. I have some firsthand examples growing up and I'm not going to name names, mm -hmm. but there's two great examples that were two of my best friends growing up. Yeah. One was a mature, mature, mature 12 year old that could grow a full beard. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And one was four foot that had no facial hair or anything. Right. Yeah. And the, the mature 12 year old was touted as the best peewee player almost in the, in the country. Yeah. Right. Went to Quebec tournament, all this stuff and was no, no, everyone said, oh, this guy's going to be a pro. This guy's the best player. He's just so talented. He's yes. so good. He's so talented. Came easy to him, right? Came easy. So talented. So talented. And then there was the four foot, four foot kid that everyone said, well, he's too small. He'll yeah. never play. He's a shrimp. You know, yeah. these kind of things. And fast forward six, seven, eight, ten years. And well, that shrimp played in the National Hockey League for eight seasons, and then that twelve-year-old that was the the you know beard twelve-year-old, you know, bounced around the the minors and the, the kind of the beer leagues, and and that was the result because, the, you know, the little guy worked his hardest yeah, no matter what. He down worked. The stretch, well, that's right? exactly what it was. He put in the effort. He worked as hard as he could. Focus on his, growing as a person, as a player, and became a really good player. And the the older the you know the twelve year old that was full, fully developed, you know, didn't work as hard because he, it was easier for him, mm -hmm. right? And the and that that's just one example, but I see that a lot, right? And we talked before, it's like telling people, oh, you're such a great stick handler, right? Or you're such a good scorer, and then telling kids that, well, well, maybe you're maybe you're just not good at uh, maybe you're just not good forward. So yeah. let's put you on back on D, right? Yeah. So so making these excuses and and putting fixed mindset ideals on people when it's really wrong. And I think if we can just focus on giving kids that growth mindset and really developing them and getting them to understand that if they work at anything, they can get better at it, you know? And is it gonna be hard? Is it gonna be a struggle? Is it gonna be challenging? Yes, yes, and yes, mm -hmm. right? But if you really want something and you wanna improve at it, well, here, give, giving them the environment and giving them tools to take it to where they want to take it is important. And there's a ton of research on this. Carl Dweck, uh, Mindset, is a great book to read. There's a lot of resources we could share, videos and things like that we can share as well. But one of those key things actually is, is when, when, from the research, when, when kids are told that they are so good at something, um, so this one was like they're so smart about this yeah. test, they actually pursue challenges less versus the kids who are, are, who are praised for they're such a hard worker. They're such a good studier. For example, things like that. So, for example, when they're you're so you're such a good player, you're such a good player. The last thing that player wants to do now is try out for the higher level camp or something like that. Because now, if they get cut, if they get cut or something, now they're not they're not good anymore. So I've seen this where I've seen this where kids in fixed mindsets. They're maybe really good players, but they almost like. They don't. They just like, oh, I'm, I, I don't. I, I don't want to try out for that team, or I don't want a, the state team, or whatever it is, because they, but because they're too. They're, but not because they don't think they can make it. They'll say, oh, because whatever. I don't care about that, or whatever, <laughs> right? So be, they're avoiding that. They're avoiding that 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 situation to actually make that not true. Versus a kid who prays, you're always try your best. You're always work through adversity. You're always working hard. They're constantly pursuing new challenges because they're being praised for pursuing challenges. Whether they succeed or fail, they're being praised for working hard. So now that's what they want to do. And what's going to happen to the kid over the long term who's constantly pursuing new challenges versus the kid who's avoiding uh, avoiding failure, right? Over time, is, is, is going to be a major difference. Right, and that's why kids winning all the time or be giving or 
getting trophies all the time for everything they do is very dangerous yeah. because they never have to go through any adversity or challenge and build that grit, right? If you, every time you go out and, and play in a tournament, 12 teams, every team gets a trophy no matter yeah. what, right? And that, that builds that well. It devalues what winning really means yeah. and how hard you have to work for it, right? And then if you never experience how you lose, you don't know how to handle it, right? Yeah. And we see there's constant examples all over the sports world and professional uh, amateur youth, youth hockey where you know, a, kid, a team loses a game and they were, you know, won almost every game and then they lose one game and it's like complete meltdown by everyone, not just the par not just the players, but the parents. And it's just like, it's they don't know how to handle it, right? And, and, and at the end of the day, whatever you're doing, there's someone going to be better at it than you, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So what are you going to do to get better today, right? Yeah. If you ask that question yourself, once you start to get old enough and you start asking yourself that question, like, what am I going to do today to get better, right? And putting in that work and putting in that effort uh, and having a plan to do that intentional plan, I think, is, is important for people. Yeah, so we're about 30 minutes. Okay. Uh, there was another couple topics or two I wanted to get into, sure. but I just want to wrap up. We talked about the importance of outcome versus process, right? And focusing on those process things that we can control, that we can give ownership from the players and their experience over things that they can control to get better and to have success. Whether they're winning every game, there can be you can have poor effort or great effort in the game you win. And you can have poor effort or great effort in the game that you lose. So process things that we can focus on as coaches and as parents. Um, we talked about the, the, what we praise, right? Praising natural God-given talents or, or just uh, things versus things that they, again, that they can control, that they can work at, and that they can succeed or not succeed in, their, in giving those efforts. Um, and we wanted to kind of go into a little bit more of some specifics of what we can do with coaches. Just Paul, maybe wrap up just with something that you've done in the past with you've had teams out there. Maybe you're going to win a game big, you know, yeah. going in, or you're going to lose a game big, you know, going yeah. in. What are some of the things that you talk to the kids about what you're going to measure so we can say, well, how, this is how we're going to have success this game versus, oh yeah, well, if we win at the end of the game, we've had success. We win 10 nothing versus, or we lose 10 nothing. Yeah, I think, and I think that there's some misconception, right, when you're coaching youth hockey, that if you go in there and you devise this great schematic plan at 11 years old, you're going to change the outcome of the game, yeah. right? And a lot of the games, knowing the level of players, um, you know, not the outcome is predetermined, but if it's if there's a huge disparity in talent, then you know, then yeah. a lot of times it is like mm -hmm. where you can play your best game of the year. Uh, say you're playing a team that's you know more experienced, higher level kids. You play your best game of the year. Every player can play the best game of the year. And no matter what, you're still going to lose nine nothing that game, yeah. and that's okay, yeah. right? So what do you, what can you get out of that, right? And that's what I would say. Like, you know, I've been on winning sides and losing sides of every different team, and in, in, in the middle, right? Is so if you're down by three after a period, five after a period, hey guys and girls, what are we going to get out of this period? And that's why bringing it back to some like some analytics or some measurements is important. Tracking amount of passes, so that's a good one we do a lot with the younger ages, right? Okay, guys, we want twenty completed passes for the period, right? If you watch an NHL game, they, they're up to about 100 completed passes because they're so good, mm -hmm. right? Um, 20 might be a challenge, especially if you're playing a higher level team, right? Um, we want to get, maybe we want to get 10 shots on goal, right? And then maybe it's even dialed back from that if you're playing a team that's way stronger than you. Maybe it's, hey guys, we want to we want to enter the zone 10 times with control yeah. of the puck, yeah. right? Maybe it's something you got to dial it back because the other team's that much stronger. Right, just because of the the variability, there's so many variables in in these divisions and how we decided as as um, you know people that control the programming of leagues and stuff, and they they, they don't, maybe don't necessarily separate them as best they could, so it's the level plays not even, and that's we have to deal with these factors, right? So some of that is down on that back. 
um, you know, good, like, we, we hard work, right? A great one is second efforts, right? Yeah. We, we never want to give up on a puck. No matter what, we play as hard as we can with the whistle. Or we back check as hard as we can with the front net. Um, blocking shots, right? Whatever we do, we want to try to block five or ten shots a period. Um, any, so there's lots of there's a lot of these things I can go on and on about these. But if you if you instead of focusing on that scoreboard, you bring it back to that. Even when you're the, the more the more dominant team and you're going to win twelve nothing. Hey guys, we want to get forty passes this period now. Yeah. So now it's not just okay. Your top player Stat goes to end to end and scores six yeah. goals. Is that a bad thing? No, but can we get more people involved? Yeah. Right? Can we get the whole team involved? Can we show some sportsmanship too? and show some respect for the game and not just run it up 30 to nothing. Mm -hmm. Now we're gonna move the puck around, trying to make plays, do different things. Um, so there's a lot of little things you can do and that comes with- Yeah, you uh, might say, hey, how many times can we go D to D in this yep. game, or, for example? Yeah, there's little things, there's a lot of them. Yeah, right, great. Well, we're over time, I wanna, maybe we can get into next, in next week's thing, I wanna focus maybe on next week is, so we've talked about outcome and process, we've talked about what types of goals we can use for those process goals. I wanna talk about whether we're focusing on the positive or the negative, because as you know, any anyone that that's watching hockey, there you can find as much negative as you want, mistakes or bad plays, and you can find as many positive and good plays. So what are we focusing on when we're working with with the kids or even you know higher level players? Uh, and then how do we, when do we reward, and how do we reward, and when do we punish or have consequences? So negative versus positive in the evaluation of these process goals. So. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Hopefully you guys, we, I think we enjoyed the, the conversation. Hopefully you did too. Uh, please like and share the episode um, and let us know any comments or questions and come back uh, next week for uh, Inside the Junior Rain episode number 17. We'll get into some of the uh, follow-up from this uh, show today. Thanks everybody. Thanks guys.